0: Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. There's a pretty good chance that if someone mentioned the song But It's Alright by JJ Jackson, you would say, uh, how does that one go? The second you heard the iconic opening guitar riff, however, you'd undoubtedly say, oh, of course I know this one. This week, we're joined by AJ Santini to discuss this soulful 60s belter and try to figure out why this big guy, 285 pounds to be exact, as made clear in the liner notes of his record, isn't a bigger name hurting me, but it's all right. hey, now one day, uh, see you'll never find a like me.
1: One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed, and you can live off royalties forever.
0: A wonder, it one All right, so AJ, you chose JJ Jackson, and when Matt told me which song we were doing, I was like, "What is that song?" And he was like, <laughs> "He was like, you're gonna know it." And then within, I would say half a second, I was like, "Oh yeah, this song." Which is how I feel most people listening to this will be once they realize what this song is and i was surprised that it was a one hit wonder and i was also surprised that this song was not actually released on motown i would have assumed this was mm. a motown hit yeah it's an interesting one aj
2: what made you decide to pick this song
1: i think based on i always get excited when there's an older one hit wonder that gets chosen for the show i feel like you know when when the show started out and i was i was listening to the, some of the podcasts and seeing what what guests were picking um it's it it was things that were like relevant in their lifetime which is, is is always great you know so it was a lot of like 90s and 2000s and eight and 80s but i'm i'm a big fan of like a lot of old soul uh i love uh old, like motown stacks atlantic soul records the more i dug into it i found these like obscure pockets of culture that like really listen to dig out and dance to obscure even uh songs from a lot of these artists so like i liked the fact that jj jackson like this song is a popular soul song but he's got other songs that are popular within certain sub cultures of people and like music fans but the regular people have no idea who he is
0: this song has one of the most iconic guitar riffs right off the top that is got to be one of the most recognizable and memorable 60s guitar riffs
2: I, i actually pulled a quote from all music uh all music described the song as being driven by one of the catchiest guitar hooks in the history of rock and roll and having a absolutely devastating vocal performance.
0: Mm. That's um, that's good. That's a good call yeah. because his delivery, <laughs> like, I saw that he was known as a belter. Now, I've never heard of that as being like a technical term, but that's actually belting as a technique of singing is actually a a thing and it's characterized by singing with the chest voice above the breaking point with a proportion of head voice, basically it's described as a high chest voice. And if it's done incorrectly, it can shred your vocal cords if you mm. do it wrong. And I know <laughs> that a lot of people within the punk rock world and whatever you want to call it sing. I think I do it. I think it's just very common in our world, but when it's done in soul and you know in the world of Motown and stuff it's so cool this guy has such an awesome delivery especially in this song
2: and it is that thing where i'm glad that you made that comparison too to like the punk rock and and even you know in the 2000s it was like the metalcore scene because a lot of those dudes did not know the proper way to protect their vocal cords while screaming into a microphone and a lot a lot of those artists now you check out their music and the vocalist sounds way different now than they did when they were a kid because of that you know i think that jj continued i mean he kind of disappeared from music for a bit but he came back in the 90s and 2000s doing oldies tours and from what i read he sounded just the same because he had the proper vocal control
0: wait a second he did Mm -hmm. yeah he was part so (laughs) what it's funny that i had it marked down that he died in 1982 (laughs) Which, which must be wrong then that must be wrong. Yeah, he He
1: died in nineteen eighty two and was taken over uh, by J.J. Jackson on MTV. From MTV. That's that's what was. The VJ. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Are you sure now, that's in, not
0: who was on those tours? I don't know. It said in
2: the it said in the late nineties into the two thousands, he performed on multiple oldies tours with people like Chuck Berry, Bobby Boris Pickett, and Otis Day. Oh, you're right.
0: I don't he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> I I had that it, I had his year that he was born right i had he he i had he was born in 1942 and died in 1982 but no don't worry everybody he's still alive he's age he's 79 going. and apparently doing these sorts of tours so that's good news man i'm psyched i thought yeah. I died Obsc- at 40 obscure years soul years <laughs> twitter just went nuts <laughs> over here yeah i thought he died at 40 years old and that was gonna be part of my conversation it's like what a bummer it was but yeah. wow this is that this is happy news thanks man yeah <laughs> <He> was- <laughs> He also was,
2: before he did solo music, he was a songwriter and he didn't really write a ton of hits, but he wrote songs for like the Shangri La's, Mary Wells, yeah. Billy Williams, like a lot of these big 50s and 60s artists that had a, a fair amount of of notoriety. One of the things that I saw him called out on Wikipedia, they said he was the most, one of the most interestingly
0: obscure figures of the 60s soul movement. There's so much to talk about with this guy, but one of the things I want to talk about is who he wrote this song with was a fella named Pierre Tubbs, whose other famous you know, claim to fame is that he co-wrote The Maxine Nightingale hit, Right Back Where We Started From, Mm -hmm. which that's another one, which you know what that song is, right, guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that one also starts with, And it's all right, and I wanna wanna get right right back to to where we started started from. (laughs) (laughs) That is a jam, but it made me think, like, saying all right, or putting all right in your lyrics, it seemed to be the key to having a hit, so I went through and Mm. found... Throughout the history of music, the hit songs that had the word "all right" in them, and it made me want to. After we finish this podcast today, write a song with "all right" in the title because I would <laughs> nice. love, I would love to be part of this history because the earliest one I saw, and I'm sure there are earlier ones. In this, but as far as hits, was the Rolling Stones had "I'm All Right" in 1965.
1: You got yeah. that? Well, you got to start with uh, Elvis Presley's first oh. breakthrough. That's all right, Mama.
0: Oh, I didn't think of that. I, didn't, I don't even know that one.
1: Oh, that's, that's all right, Mom, is, is, was like what, what got Elvis um, signed to a major label, I think.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Another, <laughs> another check in the column. Rolling, there you go. Rolling Stones in 65. Um, Great one. Maybe my favorite one, and there are a lot of good ones on this list, but in 1966, Stevie Wonder had uptight Everything's All Right. Everything's All Right, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is seriously one of my favorite songs of all time. And it's just a short to the point, just song that raises your spirits, as mm-hmm. does this song, which a year later, It's All Right from J.J. Jackson came out, which surprisingly was released twice, which I thought was mm-hmm. cool. And charted both times, yeah. which is also kind of cool. Yeah. Well, it's
1: originally a B-side. Yeah. So it originally was the right. B-side of a song called Boogaloo Baby, or it, right. uh, it had got to Boogaloo or whatever was the original title. And the DJ flipped it over and was like, well, this song's way better. Let's play this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and got that, you know, uh, but it's all right uh, charting. And then they re-released it as a single. And then we released it. In, that was 67. Then we released it in 69. Yeah. You know, and it charted both times. That's
0: crazy. This song is way better than Boogaloo Baby. I checked out yeah. Boogaloo <laughs> Baby. This song's, this song's way better. Uh, the DJ well, made L- the right call on that one. You're saying, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Bookaloo Baby sounds like a ripoff of um, Marvin Gaye. Ain't that peculiar? It's got the same like piano start, maybe one note's different in the run, but it's it's I, like I put it on. I was like, this sounds like Marvin Gaye. Like mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye's family is going to retroactively sue J.J. Jackson. <laughs> They're next on the list after Pharrell, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I I got it. Before we go on, I got to tell you the rest of the songs with All Right.
2: Oh yeah. Can I can I guess one that I really hope is on there in the yeah. '90s? Did Supergrass make the cut? Yeah, mm. of course. Yeah, Supergrass' best rules. song.
0: Yeah. yeah, I love that song. Um, <laughs> "I'm All Right" by Kenny Loggins from the Caddyshack soundtrack. Yeah, um, which
1: sounds like Tusk from uh, Fleetwood Mac. Honestly, it does.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, "All Right" by Janet Jackson, which is a great, mm. Jan- great underrated Janet Jackson song. That's with a uh, heavy, heavy D on that one. Uh, no, uh, no, n- uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think it's heavy D. But, anyway, go ahead. But, but I could be wrong. Um, I keep cutting off, Chris. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite Kendrick Lamar songs, All Right. Amazing song. Mm. Um, all Jamiroquai had an All Right, which is a decent song. Um, Christopher Cross had an All Right, which is okay. The Kids Are All Right by The Who. The Who. Everything Is All Right by Motion City Soundtrack. All Right Now by Free. Yeah. yeah that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to be all right by Jennifer Lopez featuring Nas. Um, Okay. Be all right by Ariana Grande. And one that I thought was a a really cool one, maybe forgotten, but everyone knows this one. Be all right by zap. Now. Yeah. You might not know listeners what that is, but it's basically all the music for Tupac's keep your head up. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Also. I
2: did. I think AJ and I both googled the same thing. All right is uh, was remixed with heavy D by uh, Janet oh, Jackson, gotcha, gotcha. but also. Okay. I mean, if you're going to do The Kids Are All Right by The Who, you got to also throw Offsprings, The Kids Aren't, Aren't All Right, right yeah. which was
0: the theme song to The Faculty. I made a conscious <laughs> choice to leave that one off. But, <laughs> but, oh, wow. but I'm glad you brought I it I know in. you're
2: like a, after Smash, Offspring died for you, where I'm like,
1: no, X-Day for the Hombre and Americana are solid record. If you take Pretty Fly for a White Guy and the Obladi Oblada remake off of Americana, that's a solid record.
2: Yeah, it's just got two big hits that suck. But um, <laughs> here's a question for you, though. If someone tells you that they're all right, do you think that they are? Or do you think that that's like the same as someone being like, eh, hey, I'm fine,
1: where you're like, oh, they're not okay? Like F-I-N-E, fine? Like, yeah. Fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional?
0: Yes. Mm. Um, I think all right in general means that I don't feel like talking about it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I'm all right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I mean. That's so it makes me wonder. Like this song is kind of like you know heralded as like a moving on after a breakup song, but I'm like I don't know. I don't associate the word all right with moving on. I, I associate all right with like. like you said, I just don't want to talk about it right now. But what <laughs> yeah. if he's
1: Matthew McConaughey and he says it three times? Well, then it's a totally different
2: situation. Three oh. times
0: is a whole, whole other story. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. This is an interesting song because it's so uplifting. And you could easily, as I have my entire life, every time I heard this song, listen to it and just enjoy the melodies, enjoy the music. It's very danceable. But when you dig into the lyrics, you see that this is a song about being cheated on and what the but it's all right is all about is karma. Like, Mm. yo, you cheated on me, but it's all right. Karma is going to come back and get you. You reap what you sow. And I think that makes this song so much cooler. The fact that (laughs) he's – this seems like a experience, at least in his delivery. It's an awesome delivery from him. It feels real and Mm. that he experienced this. And I imagine him in the studio with these awesome players. By the way, this was the first. What? Wait. What was? What was the claim? It was one fame? of the first. It
2: was one of the first R&B songs to be recorded in England. In England. So. Yeah. He he moved out to England. He flew to England to record just this song. The rest of the album was recorded in New York, but this song was in New England. New England, and then no, sorry, in <laughs> old England, England, in regular, old, in old England. Old England. Uh, R.I.P. the Queen. Elizabeth II. But uh, <laughs> but then by like I think it was like by the by seventy two he just moved
0: there permanently. Like he just took up a permanent residence in England. I, I don't blame him. <laughs> he he went there during you know Vietnam was going on, whatever. Like yeah. I, I'd have maybe been there too. <laughs>
1: Well, also in England, if I, in England, uh, there was a huge '60s soul revival in the '70s. Of ki- like kids in England were in especially in the north of England when England were listening to artists like JJ J. Jackson and a lot of other f- like forgotten hits like Motown singles that people had thrown away it was this whole movement called Northern Soul and kids would like take amphetamines like kids like mods the who they would go and dance in these warehouses to these forgotten songs that they could find in America and I, I'm thinking maybe he stayed there because maybe oh, it was that, probably
2: more lucrative to be way more lu- yeah, yeah he
1: was probably getting paid for performances Wow uh, over there yeah That's I mean they were listening oh it's one of my favorite things to, that I found in my research as a DJ was northern soul and carolina beach music like two like pockets of the world where like they would listen to the 60 soul and like dig for forgotten or unreleased like the more the more obscure records that you had the better a DJ you were in these scenes it was just really cool
0: Man that's awesome Yeah maybe yeah, yeah he maybe he just went to where the demand was yeah, that's pretty awesome. Something funny that we didn't touch on yet. J.J. Jackson was a big dude, and yeah. he was so big, in fact, that for some reason he felt it necessary to list his weight in the liner notes. <laughs> he was <laughs> he, he was 285 pounds, and he was mm. proud of it. And that is a recurring theme in some of his other music, but I thought it was pretty funny that he, he listed his weight in the liner notes. That is interesting.
2: It was like his version of the Rage Against the Machine liner notes. It's like, just so you know, all this music was created by just a guitar, a bass, and a drum. Yeah. JJ was like, just so you know, this song was sung by a 285-pound
0: man. There's a a really awesome video. Anyone who's watching this can look it up. It's one of the first things that comes up on YouTube when you search for JJ Jackson, It's All Right, is a video of him, black and white, There's sort of a dance to this song, and it could just be a generic kind of dance that people were doing to all of this style, but it it seems pretty specific to this song. But it's him, and he's in front, he's doing the dance, and he's lip-syncing along to the song. But then behind him... It's just all a bunch of it looks like what the, those those beach movies with Yeah, the, like the Annette oh, yes, yeah, yeah exactly. like the Beach Bingo yeah, stuff. Yeah, Beach Blanket yes. Bingo, yep. Yeah. And it's it's pretty great. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> it actually made me stand up and go like, "Hey, I want to make sure I can do this dance if I had to do this dance and I got up and did it for a little while." Uh, and yes, you see that that JJ Jackson's a big dude. And When I dove more into his music, I came across a song he from JJ Jackson and the greatest little soul band in the land. And Mm. the song was called Fat Black and Together. And the Mm. song is all about body positivity and being confident in yourself, regardless. And I just thought it was so badass. I had some of the lyrics down, and I just thought they were. They were awesome. It was some will say there's no joy in messing around with a fat boy, but the ladies know the truth is light because a fat boy keeps them warm at night. Yes. Ooh. The girls get a whole lot of hugging when they're with this tub full of loving. And I ain't heard no complaining. Cause I am. Yes, I am. And I love this part because he does this like very, he does a laugh. That's just, you can't even imitate it. It's so good. You know how like people can do that, can pull that off? He said, because yeah. I am, yes I am, laughs, fat, black, and together. And I just think it's like, it's such a jam. It's such a good song. <laughs> so body positive and so yeah. much fun.
1: And it's quite a leap from, I mean, w- one of the early rock and roll songs, Fats Domino, his first single was The Fat Man, where he's like, they called me the fat man because I weigh 200 pounds. And he's clearly taken that a little bit uh, and gone a little wider with it.
2: So he's, he's a regular like J.J. Lizzo out there yeah. just like yeah. repping. The, like, I love that. That's awesome. Um, um, let's talk about when this song hit the charts real quick. So this song peaked at, at 22 on December 9th, 1966. Uh, because it's kind of an older song, the thing I've learned with looking at the charts in the 60s is there are a lot of songs that were like top five hits that most people, if you played them the song, would be like, I've never heard the mm-hmm. song in my entire life. But the noteworthy ones, the ones that I think most people know, Frank Sinatra's That's Life was at number 10 on the charts at that point. The Supremes' You Keep Me Hanging On was at number five. Ooh. Devon's. Mellow Yellow Donovan's was still Mellow Yellow. Donovan, too. Wow. Donovan. <laughs> D-Von. Uh, D-Von. <laughs> Donovan's Mellow Yellow was at number two, and the number one song was The Beach Boys' Good Vibrations. That
1: explains uh, the bikini clad dancers uh, in the background. Yeah, it does. Good call. Beach Boys were still at the height of their uh, popularity.
2: Yeah. It feels like he also, I'm not sure if you guys caught this when you're doing the research, it seems like this single hit hit, and it took them a little bit to get the actual album out. And then pretty much from the time the album came out, it felt like he was just getting passed from label to label with no one really putting much effort into it. Because he also kind of just, before he started doing the 90s stuff, he kind of just walked away from playing music entirely by like 75. Yeah,
0: His last song that I came, his last single anyway, that I came across that from 1975, is called Let Me Try Again. And it felt borderline disco. And yeah, I liked it. It was cool, but that may have been it. He may have been like, you know what? I'm not going to try to do this. <laughs> this, isn't, <laughs> this isn't my thing. I, that's what I would guess happened
1: yeah and I think you know it's interesting because he he seemed like he was riding the waves and by the time they finally got you know their shit together and got this on an album it had already been a charted single I think twice by that point before so I mean the thing with the soul in the 60s is most of the time they were focused on singles I mean they really weren't there's very few if you look at like best albums of you know whatever time soul albums were not really the focus they were just a collection of singles you know it wasn't really till the Beatles and the Beach Boys started actually focusing on like albums and cohesiveness. Um, so, yes, they were. Uh- and then he, you listen to like What comes after this album was released He went straight into like the jazz rock fusion He did a yeah. cover of Chicago's yeah. um, Do you know, really know what time it is yeah. um, I think there was a, it's Just like stuff that's like Completely a, like a turn So I mean he was sticking with the times But I don't know that necessarily his Like maybe Wilson Peckett-esque voice Was really suited for uh, You know the shift to disco and stuff like that So maybe it just kind of got phased out Stylistically Step into the world Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at
0: chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware
2: prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
0: I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com 1HIT50 and use the code 1HIT50 to get 50% off. That's code 1HIT50, the words 1HIT and the number 50 that is, at factormeals.com 1HIT50 to get 50% off. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made?
1: So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production
0: and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! That cover that AJ just brought up of Does Anybody Really Know What Time It Is is awesome and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's from his project which at that point was called JJ Jackson's dilemma and for lack of a better way to put it it felt very Vietnam era music it is badass he has a song on there called Bow down to the dollar and mm. it is just it's great you know it, it's awesome and it has it's a song that's a social commentary on exactly what the title is and uh I think it's it's really cool. Like I, this guy was way more than just, he was a songwriter. He had an awesome delivery, but he didn't just get stuck making, you know, a bubblegum pop hit, which to a certain extent you could call it's all right. But knowing that there was, what I believe real feeling behind that song and, and diving into more than just the sound of the song. Uh, Yeah. I think this guy has been the real deal from the start in the song. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there's a really awesome, like halfway through the song, a lead on the bells. Someone Mm -hmm. plays like a bells solo in this song and it is awesome. And then there's an, there's an awesome modulation after that. I mean, there's a lot more going on. He had some of the best jazz musicians in England playing on this song because once again, yeah, I think of this as a l- little bit of like a, a bubble pop hit from that time. This but is a
2: wedding song in a weird yeah. way, as much as it's a song about wanting karmic revenge on the girl who cheated on you. This is a song where it's like, I could hear this song playing in the dance floor, filling up at a mm-hmm. wedding. 100%. Yeah.
1: And I, I have played it at weddings and at, like as, <laughs> as part of cocktail hour, along with other fun soul Bell songs like uh, uh, James And Bob purify like I'm your puppet Which has like oh, some cool bells in it and stuff I
0: love That song <laughs> oh they,
1: you gotta You gotta come to one of my cocktail hours at a wedding I <laughs> <laughs>
0: you'll hear it all the original
1: some kind of wonderful uh why not uh but no it's it it does it fits in there so well and it is it's just a good it's it's just uplifting dance even when that video that uh chris is referencing i mean he is smiling ear to ear having a great time even though the the subject matter is maybe a little uh breaking yeah
0: yeah Yeah, I, i love that juxtaposition of you know the if you dive in deeper, the lyrics are really sad, but he's delivering them with this big smile on his face. And I think that's so cool to take being hurt and turn it into something so positive. I love that. It's like one of my favorite, that's literal art. Yes. Yes. I love it. Uh, (laughs) Hey, I, I, gotta bring up, I know I'm bouncing all over the place, but I really dug into his music today. I really, listened to he had a big list of singles i think i listened to all of them there was one other song that i wanted to bring up that i thought was pretty funny was, he has a song called i dig girls yes <laughs> you know that one
1: <laughs> yeah it starts off it starts off with the theme from dragnet yeah
0: i knew it was something yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's
1: funny, yeah, it's funny Because, yeah, the the Boogaloo Baby starts off And it sounds like Marvin Gaye, and then this other single It literally takes uh, You know, except for <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yep, Yeah, exactly dun, 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 dun. And I think they just changed the last Note, the last hit uh, they, they, It might be off a little bit, key-wise uh, And then they go into the song, but it is It's funny, so he, like, he takes all these things That he sees around him, I, at least from my Observation as a songwriter, and, like, puts Them in, like, little references to other pop Culture things, the Motown movement, Dragnet, and uh, Tresor Mix. But yeah, the I Dig Girls is great.
0: I mean, I Dig Girls, I liked it so much. And I could, here's what's funny. I was cracking up at like the words to it, which, you know, he delivers them in his way and it's awesome. But I wanted to pull up the lyrics and I couldn't find them. So I had to sit there and transcribe them just just so I could read them on the podcast. The lyrics are, I dig girls. Yes, I dig girls. Big or small, short or tall. I dig them all. I dig girls back on the farm or in the city, in any old town, they're sure pretty, doing a dance or baking a cake, riding or walking, they're simply great. I dig girls, I dig girls on the beach or in the park or at the movies where it's dark, teaching them, making them laugh or cry, watching them wiggle as they walk by, which I think is, this is such a funny song, man. He really oh, wants no. to know people, he really wants to let people know he digs <laughs> girls. And I, oh, I, yeah. I I believe him.
1: <laughs> in in a very, like, Theodore Geisel, Dr. Seuss way. Yeah. Like, he just, he turned that, that was a children's book, the way you read that, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I could see the pages turning. <laughs> it's,
2: <laughs> it's literally, like, it's like proto-mambo number five or, like, um... <laughs> It's the other one was a like, hose in different area codes yeah. by
1: ludicrous. Like, <laughs> Just listing off like songs it, it, that you, list
2: things. You almost feel there is a lot of stuff that we're talking about with this where it's like you almost think that J.J. Jackson should be someone that is like more prevalent to hip-hop history because it feels like he's covering a lot of ground that you think of, especially like 90s hip-hop. Like the way you're describing like – Big guy talking about his, you know, how good of a lover yeah. he is and stuff like that. Like, this is like early notorious BIG yeah. lyrics. Like, you know, Biggie,
0: mean? Fat Joe, Big yeah. Pun. Yeah. yeah. I like, think that is very <laughs> accurate. I thought that when I heard Fat Black and Together from JJ Jackson and the Greatest Little Soul Band in the Land, when I heard that, I'm like, this is the blueprint for, you, you know, big, big guys papas, being yeah. confident in who they are and, and being proud of it. You know, I, I, I think it's really cool. I mean, I don't know if he's the originator, but he's definitely the earliest that I've come in. con. I mean, I don't know. There's
1: fat. There's fats Domino. Yeah, yeah. Fats Domino, right? Uh, that's. But I can't think of anybody before Fats. <laughs> did you? Uh,
2: did you guys check out any of the covers of But It's All Right? Oh yeah, um, I, yeah. I
0: guess I knew the Huey Lewis one once. Yeah, I, I, oh, heard I definitely that before.
2: did. Yeah, that's from his all 50s and 60s cover album which I think was called A Few Chords and Several Years Ago. Yeah. Something like, <laughs> like that. Yeah.
0: Um, that, he does it great. I think he does a really yeah. good job, almost to the point where it's verbatim the original. Now, he doesn't get as animated, uh, but no. he definitely has like the tone of the song down. If I wouldn't have been surprised if, this was just a Huey Lewis song if I wouldn't have known about J.J. Jackson. Also, Redbone did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Redbone did a good job with it. Eddie Floyd. Eddie Floyd was the other one I had wood, yep. down. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, and he did. So, yes, this was one of the singles they released for that album. I wanted to check to see. So some of the songs that they covered on this album, I'm not going to read all of them, but they did Shake, Rattle, and Roll. They did She's Some Kind of Wonderful, But It's All Right a uh, little itty bitty one. That's, the, um, yeah, that's the one. that's the That was probably the biggest single and uh, Lee, which is a song that I want to cover on this show one day. Yes. I have to double check to see if Floyd Pierce had any other singles, but that song is a... Lloyd,
1: P- uh, Lloyd Price had, yeah, Personality was probably big you. one. Gotcha, that's yeah. right. So
2: that's why we can't do it. But yeah, <laughs> Staggerly is a is a great, like, when you're talking about like obscure yeah. to a certain point, Like I don't think people know that song too well, but it has such a driving beat that if you played it at a wedding... People would dance to it because it's so easy to dance yeah. to.
1: Well, when I play acoustic shows, I, I often include that in what I call my troublemaker set. So okay. I'll play Staggerly. I'll play Bad Bad Leroy Brown by Jim Croce. Mean Julio down by the schoolyard. Like songs about people like getting into trouble or like w- witnessing a murder.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I got to tell you guys something real quick. Uh, I was l- looking up some something while you guys were talking. And on J.J. Jackson's Wikipedia, no wonder I thought he died in 1982. It says, literally says on his Wikipedia, died, 1982. <laughs> it says, <laughs> it says born, November 8th, 1942. In parentheses, it says, age 79, Bronx, huh. New York. And below that, it says, died, 1982. And then below that, it says, years active, 1957 to 2004. So, <laughs> somewhere along the line. <laughs> wow. Uh, he was active for 22 years after his death, according to... <laughs> To, well, the, to the JJ Jackson Wikipedia, he probably
1: owed uh, money for taxes or something because <laughs> we know how you know all, all those '60s artists got in trouble. But uh, yeah, I think that's probably what it was. He died, didn't want to pay taxes, and then like they came <laughs> after him. He's like, all right, I guess I'm alive. I'll do these reunion tours.
0: <laughs> also, things are getting messed up left and right. JJ Jackson's SEO got all messed up by the JJ Jackson VJ that we mentioned right. earlier, who was one of the original MTV VJs. He was also JJ Jackson, and as far as I know. He also didn't die. I think. No, well, he didn't. No, the
2: the VJ J J Jackson did die in oh. two
0: thousand four. Oh.
2: Uh, wow. Not nineteen eighty two though. So we still have no explanation. Nobody died in nineteen eighty two. Some
1: some guy just didn't know what he was doing. He was typing on okay. Wikipedia. Yeah. That's why that we'll have to contest that.
2: Oh man. A lot of death at the end of this episode for some reason. But so sad. JJ Jackson's still alive and kicking as far as we know. Yes. Yeah. I'm so JJ. Happy. If you hear this,
0: let us know. <laughs> <laughs> JJ. JJ. If you're alive, let us know and get someone to fix your Wikipedia page. Um, yes. How do we feel about JJ Jackson? Thunder or blunder? AJ.
1: Honestly, I uh, I like a lot of his stuff. It, it is clear that this is the standout track. Um, I I you know I do I do think he had some great stuff. I think unfortunately, I think he gets blurred just. Based on the fact that his style is similar to a couple other just phenomenal performers of the time, like Wilson Pickett and James Brown and some other, you know, like you said, belters. I think I think he's thunder. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think he's thunder. Uh, I'm going
2: to I'm going to agree with that. I everything that I heard by him, I was like, this is great. Like, I'm just having a good time with it. I do agree that. But it's all right is the most famous song for a reason from him, but I did given that like just two weeks ago, we were talking about Desiree where like half of the stuff that we listened to was borderline unlistenable by her. Like, J.J. Jackson had enough good songs that he shouldn't have been a one-hit wonder, is my takeaway from this. And it's a
1: shame because, like, you can't—I It's don't know about you guys, but, like, most of my research was not able to be done on, like, regular streaming platforms. I mean, I was digging into YouTube rips of, uh, like, seven-inch singles and stuff. So he is still uh, mostly forgotten, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Yeah, some of the stuff that I was looking up on YouTube was literally someone filming their turntable. Like and just yeah. recording the audio of the actual record, and hey, I agree. I think this is thunder. I think he, from the second that this guy steps up to the mic, it is pure thunder coming out of his mouth. You can't you can't replicate that. You can't fake that. He's awesome, and I think he tried. You know, one of my things I give people blunders for a lot of times is like, oh, we had a hit, and then it didn't happen. The next second, the next single wasn't hit. And then when they dropped off the face face of the earth, quitters, I call them quitters because I think that's what they are. It's, it's such a rare thing to have a hit song that you got to nurture that and keep trying in my opinion anyway. And this guy really tried this song first hit in whatever, 66, 67, and then it was up till 1975. And I think just the musical landscape was changing. And I think he tried and was like, you know what? this isn't work. Like it it just wasn't working for him. Like you guys brought up, he went and did the, the tours that were celebrating that music of that era. After the fact he knew, he knew where he fit in and he, he did what he could in that world. And I think he's thunderous.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, AJ real quick. I know you do a lot of online DJ work, um, You're very much more localized to the Pennsylvania, Delaware, New Jersey range. But uh, if people want to see you doing your quizzos, doing your DJ stuff, or even just listen to some of your mixtapes, where's the best way for them to catch up on all that stuff
1: sure uh yeah i mean if if uh you find me somewhere on uh facebook or instagram uh dj aj santini is the best way to look for it uh, i have mixes on Mixcloud, cloud which is like a you know platform for for djs to share their mixes without a lot of copyright nonsense uh so mixcloud.com slash dj aj santini uh or you know if you're in the phoenixville pennsylvania or newtown square pennsylvania area monday tuesday wednesday uh, i host quizzo's uh which is just bar trivia it's the way that we say uh bar trivia it's a lot of fun uh and yeah it's it's you know it, it, i also do oh i also do something called um the music appreciation society uh where i make like mixtapes uh that are focused kind of on different styles of music every day um and it's made to sound like a cassette tape with the different uh you know like the turning over of the cassette tape sounds and everything uh mixed in there with like 45 minutes aside so just like a retro thing but uh yeah i and i also i dj a lot of um, I'm starting to DJ some more vinyl stuff too Like with North, like J.J. Jackson This uh, Northern Soul, Carolina Beach music Just fun forgotten stuff uh, That unfortunately has, has fell through the cracks uh, And I'm trying to just keep it alive a little bit In, in my own way Nice, alright,
0: love it Thanks for coming on AJ
1: Yeah, thanks for having me How have you ever felt like you solo the way you're out the window
2: in one hit thunder one hit thunder is hosted by chris withalios of the band's punchline pack and another cheetah and produced by matt kelly of geekscape.net underneath me you're hearing the punchline song friend from the future off their album lion visit punchlion.com for merch tour dates and news we're on patreon now become a patron and get some bonus content early episode releases and a chance to vote for a future episode at patreon.com backslash podcast do you want to start a podcast? Contact Chris and myself at knowpodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app and tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder.
0: You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases necessary. Void were by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hi, this is Paul Phelps.